It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Farmer is gone, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing for our Cincinnati Reds. I'm going to tell you why, because I think this opens the door for some really good stuff this season. Plus, we're going to look at who the Reds got back for both Kyle Farmer and in a trade they made with the Pirates and the Reds financials. Are they really as bad as we think they are? Because I think the Reds have an ability to do something that we won't expect, and that's spend. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion and we have turned it into information for you as we scream towards our fifth year of covering the Reds in podcast form. On today's podcast, we are going to look at the trade that rocked Barry Larkin's living room as Kyle Farmer has been shipped to Minnesota for a relief pitcher, but have no fear because uh, the Reds will still have enough infielders as the front office turned right around and traded Dowry Moretta to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Kevin Newman. Locked on Pirates host Ethan Smith is going to join us a little bit later to tell us exactly what we are getting in Kevin Newman. Uh, and believe it or not, the Reds are not poor. I know. Shocking. It goes against everything you've been told. But we think the Reds can spend money and we are going to tell you how much and maybe even on who. But I think a good place to start, Jeff, is in the biggest news of the day. Uh, right after we talked about how Kyle Farmer wasn't going anywhere, uh, the Reds traded Kyle Farmer to the Minnesota Twins. And, I mean, yeah. I think Nick Crawl was watching our live stream and waited until we clicked in and is like, ah, I got these suckers now. Tell me how to do my job, will they? Well, here we go. And it was very evident that they just didn't want to spend $6 million on Kyle Farmer because the trade that they got back isn't necessarily that inspiring, but I still feel good about what the Reds did here. This is the kind of thing that I don't necessarily think it made the, the Reds that much worse. And hear me out on that because I don't think Kyle Farmer was as good as you think he was. He wasn't as bad as you thought he was either. He was the most confusing player on the Reds team because he was fine. He was gritty. This, he was a gamer. But overall, his trade, production won't be missed. Right. This trade, Jeff, this was exactly like the Tucker Barnhart deal. This was the trade of a player they had no intention of keeping. Uh, much like with Kyle Farmer, they, they didn't want to be stuck with his buyout. They didn't want to pay the whatever $7 million that he was going to make. So they kept him and then turned right around and traded him. In the case of Kyle Farmer, it's clear to me they were going to non-tender him. They were not going to spend the $6 million. I think Nick got told, hey, we're not paying this money, so do what you can or non-tender him. And uh, this is the best that Nick Crawford could come up with. So, I mean, in, in that regard, I mean, looking at it through that lens, Jeff, 
kudos to Nick Craw for going out and getting something that could potentially, and I say something, getting someone, this is a human being, I'm sorry, <laughs> getting a baseball player <laughs> that could actually contribute in some form to the major league team as early as this season. Right. And, and I think that overall, the uh, relief pitcher, Casey Legumina, I believe, is how we're That's going easy to say for you name. to say. Easy for me to say. Yes. Uh, Casey Legumina could provide some value there in the bullpen for the Cincinnati Reds. And Kyle Farmer, like, let, let's call it what it is. I, I get it. He was a personality and he was a leader in the locker room. Jonathan India, after the tweet was official, tweeted out, man, going to be missed, heart and soul of the team, all this other stuff. If the Reds can't replace a hitter who in 421 games hit 39 home runs and had 172 RBIs, then we have a much bigger problem than just losing Kyle Farmer. And I get it. He provided a lot of other value, but his career slash line, he hit 255. He got on base at a 311 clip, i.e. 31% of the time, and his slugging percentage was under 400 at 397. He was fine. He had an OPS plus of 85, which is actually 15% below the league average hitter. We're not talking about a guy that's impossible to replace. And here's my thought too on this, Steve, is I think the biggest value of this trade is also off the field because if it's easier to uh, bring up Ellie De La Cruz and not tell Kyle Farmer that you're now going to be a super utility slash not everyday starter at shortstop, then it's a win for me. I agree. I think you're probably giving the front office and more specifically the Castellini's a little too much credit there. I don't think this is about that. It's really about the $6 million. This is about the Castellini's not wanting to spend that $6 million. Uh, and we're going to get into that a little bit later, Jeff. But, but you're absolutely right in as much as uh, clearly now the way has been cleared for Ellie De La Cruz. He's on the 40 man. He's got a position to play now uh, without having to come in and deal with a divided clubhouse of uh, the guy he just kicked out of his spot is now in the locker next to him and whatnot. You know, all of those situations are now resolved. So uh, in as much as that goes, Jeff, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that, uh, you know, the more and more I think about it, it, I just need, I need Ellie De La Cruz to go out to Goodyear and knock the cover off the baseball and uh, things could get super interesting super quickly for Ellie De La Cruz. And I'm excited about it, but I, I think I disagree with you just a little bit in what the Reds are losing and giving up Kyle Farmer, because I do think there is something to that clubhouse element. And, and I do think that, there is something to that whole heart and soul and leadership thing. And we, I think we saw some of that last year as veteran after veteran got injured and was out of the lineup and out of the locker room and away from the team. Uh, we saw them flounder and look listless and directionless. And there was really nobody to kind of focus them in and rein them in. And now that guy's Jonathan India, who is kind of gut punched. And, and I'm a little surprised that he is vocally as he did kind of poo pooed this trade because um, you know, he's the team leader now and he's going to have to kind of wrap his head around that role. And I hope he does that fairly quickly. I get it. I, I know that there's a need for a leader in the locker room, but at the end of the day, is he the best leader of a 100 loss team? Oh. 
Well, just I would saying, like to tell you, just no, say you can right. have a clubhouse and leader like and you, have a hundred losses. Like I would it, like to tell you that Joey Votto is going to be the leader, yeah. but one, he's never really been that guy, at least not vocally it's and publicly. Yeah. And two, he's going to be on his farewell tour, guys. He's going to be collecting his plaques and doing whatever it is that the Reds are going to do to try to soften the blow of the fact that they're just not going to pay him for one more year. So yeah. I don't, I don't see him in that role. And I mean, Unless it's Tyler Stevenson, who I would have no problem with, uh, you know, it's Jonathan India, and he's already vocally taken a stand. You know, he's already the leader, and the leader says that, you know, they're not happy about this trade. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't have a lasting impact in the clubhouse, I, and and it probably won't, Jeff. I mean, someone will step up and, and lead yeah. the way for these youngsters. Nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah, yeah ex exactly. So... The other part of why I don't necessarily agree about feeling the loss of Kyle Farmer is those numbers disguise the fact that Kyle Farmer was a whole lot better than this against left-handed pitching. If the Reds had used him correctly during his time in Cincinnati, as far as uh, batting him in the platoons, I think his OPS would be above 100. I think he would be better than league average uh, if the Reds had put him in a better position to do so. And they didn't. They just kept running him out there no matter what. And, you know, his numbers took a hit as a result of that. He was, and he was very good against left-handed pitching. The guy that the Reds got back isn't bad against left-handed pitching either. But I, I think I look at this trade, and I, 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 it opens doors that aren't – when you look at the trade in a vacuum, it opens far more doors than just that. I, I think that this was a good move on the part of the Reds. I thought that they should keep him, but if the uh, choice was to either keep him or cut him, then yes, I would keep him. But I think that they made a good, uh, at least did something good by getting something back. Who knows if Casey Ligamina is going to be that big of a deal in the bullpen for the Reds. The front office seems to believe that, but I will remind you the front office said that this was a playoff team coming into last year. So, you have to take that with a grain of salt. But I'll say this. The trade the reason the Reds didn't get worse is because they traded for a cheaper version of Kyle Farmer. And coming up, we'll say Hello Newman with Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates. That's coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to shout out today's sponsor, Bet online betonline.net has you covered when you're talking about the source for your next great sports bet there's so much going on we got turkey day coming up and if you want to see if you can make a couple of bucks on top of eating a bunch of turkey and taking a bunch of naps and watching football then head on over to betonline.net because they've got you covered when it comes to point spreads and over-unders and money lines and prop bets for all of the thanksgiving nfl games speaking of over-unders what is the over-under on the number of naps you are going to take on Thursday throughout football day? I'm going to say three and a half. Smash the over. <laughs> exactly. Smash the over on that. And as you like to hear me say, there's lots of things we're going to smash the over on this season. We're going to see where the Reds' win total is once they get that posted. We're going to see a bunch of different things and uh, individual statistics as well. As futures get posted, it's going to be at betonline.net for Major League Baseball. Plus, if you like yourself some hockey, if you like combat sports like MMA or boxing, or if you want to bet on golf whenever golf returns, it's all at betonline.net. You can access it through your desktop or your mobile device because bet online is where the game starts. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thanks again for making Lockdown Reds your first listen, as you always do. Uh, make sure you uh, check out Lockdown Sports today for your second listen, as they've got you covered in the big news and sports and the big game recaps every single day in 22 minutes or less. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to look at a player who was recently non-tendered who can fill a void in the outfield, and I think the Reds have a shot. Adam, I think you'll be surprised at who this player is. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. Well, the Reds and the Pirates aren't typically trade partners, but they were this past weekend as the Reds acquired Kevin Newman for Dowry Moretta, which honestly, I'm kind of bummed about losing Moretta, but we'll get to that here in a minute because Ethan's here to tell us why he's bummed about losing Kevin Newman. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> they they fully went into the thing about O'Neill Cruz being the shortstop. I'm cool with that and all, but not That's to true. throw it out there and somebody can quote or like, you know, snip this out. If O'Neill Cruz gets hurt, I don't know who plays shortstop now. Leover Piguero is not going to be ready at the beginning of 2023. He's going to probably get manipulated on service time just because that's what the Pirates do. And I don't have faith in G1 Bay or Rodolfo Castro to play that position. I don't have faith in Tuca Peter Marcano to play that position. So realistically, the reason I was so big on keeping Kevin Newman is because I thought that he was the perfect option to be behind O'Neill Cruz as a backup shortstop on a team that as Jeff has said before in past crossovers, is probably going to be better than it is this year. But at the end of the day, I do like this trade in a sense because the Pirates' biggest issue the last two years has been pitching depth. That's what this move does. Moretta is the kind of guy where you guys have already told me that you're bummed about losing him. I've seen Reds fans say it, but he's more going to be, for me, a guy that, okay, we can throw him out there and not have to worry about guys throwing their arms out by August. So hopefully that's what he can bring. And I've seen that people have said, don't look at his stats, look at his stuff. But I'm sure you guys could elaborate more on what Moretta brings to the table. But I don't know if what Moretta brings to the table is exactly what Kevin Newman would have brought to the table in 2023. Well, I think this trade is good for Dowie Moretta just in maybe going to an organization that might value him believe yeah value him support (laughs) believe in him uh for whatever reason the reds just were never really truly fully on board with him and it's it's a little disappointing because you know in 2021 he had an amazing run in triple a took him forever into the season to even give up a run at a sub two era the Reds were desperate for a little bit of pitching help in the bullpen, and they wouldn't give him a look until the very, very end. Um, he had a little bit of success when he came up. Then he got smacked around subsequently. But I think that given a little bit of time and opportunity at the big league level uh, with big league pitching coach and just the repetitions of facing major league hitters, he's going to figure it out. And I think that uh, he's going to be one of those that you know puts up uh, several good seasons and, and Reds country is going to be, man, how did we let him get away? Uh, 
but I think this says a lot about the fact that the organization just never really truly bought into him. Yeah, it it honestly makes me think, and I know that we, we didn't feel this way about CNL Perez. We were glad to see him go, but he flourished with Baltimore last year. He was probably their best relief pitcher, and I think that Dowry Moretta has the stuff and the talent to be that way for the Pirates. Like His fastball is 98 on average. He absolutely just fires that thing in there. He's got a beautiful slider that if he does control it well, he's got a one-two punch that most hitters are not going to touch. And I think that he is the kind of dude that over a large sample size, if the Pirates give him a run to be a middle relief type dude, coming in the fifth, the sixth, whatever, bail out a starter that's kind of having a rough time of it, then he's going to grow in trust. And he has the ability to become, maybe not necessarily right away, the Pirates closer, but the kind of guy that you could look at as a bullpen uh, a, a trustworthy bullpen option for Pittsburgh. And, and I think that that is what he had on the, on the plate for the Reds and the, and the Reds just weren't buying it for whatever reason. Well, and what's great is uh, we won't have to wait very long for the potential Kevin Newman versus Dowry Moretta matchup, <laughs> considering we play opening each other night. on opening day on a uh, March 30th. So I could already see it now that one that that trade will be won or lost based off of one matchup between the two in like the seventh inning of opening day <laughs> when they play each other. So I can already see that. Oh, well, this trade sucks. It's like Kevin Newman gets a hit. Oh, we won the trade. He strikes yeah. him out. Oh, we won the trade, you know, because Pirates and it's Red fans have fun, to right? have Pirates and Red fans, we have to have our like small victories because we don't get many in the actual win column. Um, but you know, who knows? We have the uh, draft lottery to look forward to this year as well, which I think is right. very fun. It's going to be interesting so, to see how that. So I want to do one of these, Jeff, and I'm going to get it out of my system. And, and we'll just we'll just ask Ethan, you know, to tell us what can Reds fans expect from Newman? Well, uh, you don't have to have him hurt you anymore because in 55 career games against you, he's hitting 274. So that's a good thing. Um, but realistically, the one major negative for the Pirates making this trade, I think, is the shift ban. And I don't think people understand how important it is going to be that players cannot set up in a certain way in the field anymore. Kevin Newman is a phenomenal defensive shortstop. He doesn't have the biggest arm defensively, but he's going to get it done for you. I mean, the guy was a gold glove finalist in 2021 and arguably should have won the award at the position. But we already know the gold glove apparently doesn't care about defense based off of key. Brian Hayes literally leading the league in defensive run saved and not winning the award. Anyways, um, as a guy at the plate, though, I mean, the one thing Pirates fans threw at me after this trade when I was upset about it, his OPS this, his OPS that. Like, he's not he's not going to be, like, anything crazy for you offensively, but he's going to get you the important single or the important double here and there, even, like, maybe stretch out a triple for you every once in a while. Just don't be surprised if he lurks around the 240 to 250 range batting average-wise because that's a good year for him. But his defense is going to make up for it more than you can count in terms of just how important he's going to be with the shift band now. And I honestly think it's going to help to I think it's going to help Jonathan India leaps and bounds having him there as a and shortstop. And that's huge because I feel like the Reds defense, even with Jose Barrero, was inconsistent at best at shortstop. I mean, 
Kyle Farmer would make some plays and then he would not make some plays. And I, I think that what you're telling me is exactly what I want to see. I want to see that safety net there defensively at shortstop with however the Reds approach that position this year, because I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, they're just going to pencil Kyle Farmer back in because Jose Barrero had a rough end to last season. But now it's looking a lot like they're going to give Jose Barrero a little bit more of a run until L.A. De La Cruz is ready. And also for me, this move, and it was something that I said on Twitter at the time, if the Reds find it easier to tell Kevin Newman to move out of the way for L.A. De La Cruz, then they were going to find it easier to move Kyle Farmer out of the way for L.A. De La Cruz, then that's fine. That's all I needed to know with this move because the end game is getting L.A. De La Cruz on the field. However you can do that, if you're going to have a guy that is obtuse about it and is going to, you know, maybe cause a problem. I don't, I never saw Kyle Farmer as a guy to cause problems, but if he was going to possibly be that guy and you get him out of here, good. Then the Reds are actually proactive in something. But at the end of the day, Ellie De La Cruz is the Reds shortstop at the end of this season. And if this move makes that easier, then it's a win for the Reds. And also to give you guys some statistical like comfort in what I'm telling you, in 318 or 16 career games playing the shortstop position, he has a 976 fielding percentage. So that should probably give you something to look forward to. And he can also play a little bit of second base. We saw him do it this year. I mean, he has 108 career stints over there at second, just in case, you know, Jonathan India goes down or if they want to even flirt with the idea of putting India short. I don't know if they would do that. I'm not like the biggest person on knowing defensive stuff. But, I mean, he's a 987 guy at shortstop so or at second base. So he can he can float around a little bit in the infield, maybe even third base. You never know. It just really depends on what they want to do with him. But defensively, you're getting a, arguably one of the better defensive shortstops in all of baseball, in my opinion, of what I've seen over the last couple of years. Subpar bat, but, I, again, I think the defense makes up for it more than you can think. All right. Thanks so much to Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates for swinging by and talking to us about Kevin Newman. Uh, always appreciate Ethan, and uh, I like to give Ethan a lot of static. You guys, uh, make sure you're following us both on Twitter because we have some back and forth that are a lot of fun. Listen, the Reds, believe it or not, have the ability to spend money this offseason. Uh, coming up, we are going to tell you how much and why we think they might actually do it but first i want to shout out one of our sponsors today's podcast is brought to you in part by simply safe home security did you know that over the holidays property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally well that's why our friends at simply safe home security are offering 50 percent off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why we love it. It's super customizable. It's not a situation where you have to buy a bunch of things that you don't need in order to get just the few things that you want. The system integrates well into your home and it's easy to self-install. You don't need to schedule an appointment with a tech to come out and block off a whole day and still worry about missing the guy. Uh, you're able to install all of the elements yourself. It doesn't damage your home. It doesn't mess up your home's design. Uh, in an emergency, 
It is monitored 24-7 with professional monitoring agents that use Fast Protect technology available exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get priority police response. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Uh, you're going to save 50% today on your Simply Safe security system just by visiting simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. You can head to that address right now. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more because there is no safe like Simply Safe. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, thank you very much. Make sure you have clipped clicked both the subscribe button and the notification bell so that you will get an alert every time we post something new and every time we go live if you haven't joined us yet for the live aloha fridays that we do they are so much fun there is so much interaction and we love it and we hope you can join us there so make sure you have clicked those subscribe buttons in between episodes you can follow us on twitter you can follow me at s offenbaker that's with two f's you can follow jeff at jeff Carr. that's jeff with three f's and you can follow the show at locked on reds all right jeff i know this is going to come as a shock it's gonna blow your mind because we've been for years and years being told that the reds are poor but uh, uh shout out to our buddy uh woo the reds uh he put a tweet up over the weekend that caught my attention uh, so much so that I want to talk about it today. And that involves the Reds financials, because as much as we've been told that they are poor, if you look at the money they have coming in before they've ever played a game, before a player has taken the field and then factor in the uh, attendance money, it looks like they have money to spend. And I'm not talking about just a little bit of money. They should have a significant amount of money to spend and and really bring in some players that could bridge the gap to the prospects and make them. And I've said this all along. If they were to do this, they could be an outside shot contender at the final wild card spot for the playoffs this year. They really could. And, and I think that it's important to note that the financials, the expenditures and all this one are the books for the Reds are not public knowledge. So what we have to go on are certain facts that come through. And these are those certain facts that sometimes come through. I'm going to show Wu's tweet. It says 65 million national TV deal. They have a regional sports network deal of 45 million, and they had 75 million in ticket sales last year, which is still a record low, which means, yeah, it could be a lot better. But even then you put that all together, that's still pretty good. And whether or not it's exactly $185 million to spend, Steve, it still shows that there is a marked gap in what we perceive that they could spend, what they spent last year, and what at least that tells us how much they make. And that's not lying. That's not saying that they didn't make that money, that those are an estimate. That's literally the deals that those were for the two TVs, uh, for the two TV deals. Now you take that information and you combine it with the fact that according to spottrack.com, uh, they're spending right now obligated about $70 million in payroll Which includes arbitration and all that, that stuff. That includes everything. Right. And, yeah. and that's about 50 million less than they were spending last year. So right. they've got $50 million in play 
that they've taken off the books. And let's say that $185 million number is real. Now, I understand that there's other expenses besides the the team baseball player payroll. They've got other payroll. They've got, you know, to fund the minor league systems. They've got to pay for their portion of stadium upkeep and grounds crews and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's other expenses. But it's not that much. I mean, let's just say let's. $50 $50 million. Let's give them, and I really don't think it's that much, but let's say it's $50 million. You know, that still leaves them $60, 70000000 million of money that they could spend right now to make this team yeah. better. Like real money. If they're telling the truth when they say they're not trying to make profit, that they're trying to be a break-even organization. And that's something that they have always said. One of the reasons that they talk about their payroll cannot be that big is because it's break-even uh, financials and things like that. But if if we're right and it's like 60-ish million or something like that, that's enough money to make the marginal free agent moves that we want them to make and sign people long-term, which I think would be a win of a win of a offseason for this Reds franchise. Because it's not just about who can you get to make your team better this year, it's how can you solidify the future of this franchise and something that the Reds could do. I know we've talked about this, and, and we aren't going to dive into the Braves model in detail just yet. That will be a future episode. And I had a great comment the other day on our uh, live show from a Braves fan that said there's a lot of risk that the Braves have taken in, plus it's a payroll of over $220 million just based on those long-term contracts. But even still, the Reds have financial flexibility. I think we as Reds fans have been conditioned to believe that they need other players to pay them to come here and play. And that's just not the case. And and I want to be clear. I'm not saying that, oh, look, they've got this money. They can go out and offer somebody $400 million over 10. Right. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm with you in that the majority of that money needs to be spent in conversations with Lodolo Green, Stevenson, uh, those guys. But we have said all along, they need to go out and get an outfielder. They need to go out and get some pitching, probably a fourth starter, maybe a couple bullpen arms, and they need to get catcher 1B. And they're going to have to pay a little bit of money to get that guy. There's money to do that. And it's clear to me, looking at this graphic and looking at the national contracts, looking at the money we know for sure they have, there is money to go out and sign those few players to supplement what you hope is this infusion of youth that comes along in 2023. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to hear anymore from, uh, Sideshow Bob and the SOB, that's son of Bob, Phil Castellini, telling me they're poor. They're not. It's clear. We have it documented uh, without them ever opening the books. They don't have to show us anything. Major League Baseball did that for them. So for me, it's time for them to shut up and put up and go out and sign these few players. And I think the other important thing, the the human fact, we're, we're presenting facts here. These are not us just you know, spitballing. Let me show the tweet again. The tweet says 65 million national TV deal, 45 million regional sports network TV deal, 75 million ticket sales record low. Remember that says record low. The Reds had their worst year of attendance in a long time, long, 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 long time. There's no way that they can come into this off season and think we can just sit on our hands and talk about, young players improving 
and go get some waiver wire guys and hope that they bounce back from nothing to something and we get a bunch of Brandon Drury's on this team and hope that that means that we're going to have more people at the ballpark next year. They've got to do something. They cannot just sit by and claim small market mentality and hope that that means attendance is going to go up next year. Something's got to be done. They have the ability to do it. It's time to go out and do it. I mean, absolutely. I think the message is they should be spenders. And we mentioned some ideas. We've talked a lot about Corey Kluber as a possible idea. There was a guy who was non-tendered over the weekend that could fill a very nice void in this outfield. And there's a couple of facts behind this dude that I think makes him an attractive piece for the Reds to go after this offseason. But we're going to talk about that on tomorrow's Locked On Reds because that's going to end it for us here today. Thank you so much for watching, for listening to today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure that you're following the podcast, whether you're on your favorite podcasting app or right here on YouTube. Also, make sure you click that bell on YouTube to get notified when we have new content for you. Now, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast because in 22 minutes or less, you're going to get the biggest stories, the biggest news, the biggest takes in sports every single day. That's Locked On Sports Today, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, it's pretty evident that the Reds have the ability to make their roster better this offseason. What's that mean for you and me? That means you and I are going to stay on top of the rumors, the waiver wires, the transaction wires, and any other wire we got to follow to make sure we keep everybody updated and locked on Reds every single day. I volunteer you for the high wire. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 